0: Jesus is the superior high priest, a better hope of a better covenant. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that we can sing the glories of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we can hear what your word has to say about Jesus' superiority as our priest. Father, we are so grateful that indeed he is a better hope of a better covenant. And I pray, O Lord, that you would set me aside to faithfully uh, preach your word this morning, that we would hear what you would have us to say, that you would make me faithful, that you would make us faithful as hearers of your word. Father, we thank you for the ministry of the word. So Holy Spirit, apply it to our hearts this day, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Take your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 7, we'll read verses 15 through 28 as we think about Jesus' superiority as our high priest. This becomes even more evident when another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek who has become a priest not on the basis of a legal requirement concerning bodily descent but by the power of an indestructible life. For it is witnessed of him, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For on the one hand, a former commandment is set aside because of its weakness and uselessness For the law made nothing perfect. But on the other hand, a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. And it was not without an oath. For those who formerly became priests were made such without an oath. But this one was made a priest with an oath by the one who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind, you are a priest forever. This makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests, but the word of the oath which came later than the law appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. Thus far the word of our Lord. Please be seated. In our text today, the author focuses on the superiority of Jesus' priesthood. And he takes what he said last week, about the greatness of Melchizedek's priesthood over that of the Levitical priesthood, and he applies it specifically in our text today to the priesthood of Christ to show his superiority. So we'll look at two things this morning. First, Jesus is the superior priest because he is the eternal priest, and then secondly, he is a superior priest because he is uniquely qualified to be high priest. You'll find these two points in your sermon outline in your bulletin. First, Jesus is superior, a better hope, and a guarantor of a better covenant because his priesthood is eternal. And we see this reflected in Our text today, verses 15 through 22 specifically, where the author says that Jesus' priesthood is eternal because he has an indestructible life, and then secondly, because God's oath is indestructible and eternal as well. His priesthood is eternal because of his indestructible life and God's indestructible oath. The author begins in verse 15 with this statement, this becomes even more evident. Of course, the this, that first word in that verse, causes us to think of what he just said in verses 11 through 14. We considered this last week. The author emphasized that the Levitical priesthood was under the law. and The law required a succession of priests and that each priest was to be a descendant, to have human lineage from Levi. In our passage today, he repeats this very same principle of the temporary nature of the Levitical priesthood in verses 16, 18, and 19. He speaks of the former commandment, that is, that legal requirement that called for this succession of priests in the line of Levi, that that former commandment was was set aside. The text tells us in verses 18 and 19, because it was weak and it was useless, it was not designed to nor ever competent for God's people being able to draw near to him. You see this in verse 19, Jesus' priesthood, therefore, is superior and thus a better hope Because it's not based on a legal requirement, but rather it's based on his indestructible life. Verse 16. Earlier in the series of Hebrews, we read from chapter 2 and verse 17. Let me read it again for us. Speaking of Christ, Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Our Lord took a full human nature at the incarnation, a human nature that was sinless, in order to make propitiation for our sins. And he made propitiations for our sins by dying on a cross. And he was taken down from that cross, and his body was buried in a tomb. But death and the grave did not conquer him. He victoriously was raised from the grave. And his resurrection proves that his life is indestructible. He is the eternal high priest. His ascension proves that he victoriously fulfilled his mission as both redeemer and high priest. Thus, the author again appeals to Psalm 110 in verse 4, in the first part of verse 4, the psalm that Jeff read earlier is quoted in verse 17, you are, Christ is, priest forever after the order of Melchizedek let me suggest an application of this text for us today and let me ask this question in doing so do you have any needs do I have any needs do you struggle do I struggle do, do we struggle with anxiety fear guilt anger worry disappointment bondage to sin and the list can go on do you have any struggles Do you have any needs? Hebrews gives us really good, great hope, good, great news. Jesus is a better hope because Jesus is a forever high priest. He is eternal. For this reason, In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 that we studied some weeks ago, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Embrace a better hope. Our forever great high priest, embrace him a better hope by faith. He has the grace that we so desperately need to meet all of our needs, and He loves to pour out His grace and mercy on those who are in His kingdom. He loves to pour out that grace and mercy, and He does so plenteously. Receive the grace. That is ever-present for you in your time of need. Jesus' is priesthood is superior and thus a better hope because it's not only based on an indestructible life but it's based on God's indestructible eternal oath where he swore on his own character Two weeks ago in chapter 6, verses 13 through 20, we we looked at this. The author speaks of God actually convincing Abraham of his faithfulness to fulfill all of his covenant promises. And God did so by taking an oath, by, by swearing by his unchangeable character. And the one example of God's unchangeable character that is given by the author is God cannot lie. And so in chapter 8 and verse 17 we read, So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. And now the author encourages believers that Jesus' priesthood is, is a better hope because God took an oath, he swore by his own unchangeable character to provide Jesus as a high priest forever. Again, Psalm 110 and verse 4 is quoted in our text today. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Another application, and here it is. We need to take God at his word. In the valley of need, We may be overcome with despair, so overcome with despair that we're tempted to doubt. Jesus is our eternal high priest who invites us to come boldly to his throne of grace. Anytime, in every time, with every need. Have you ever been so burdened that you doubted that? In this place, we must endeavor to take God at His word. And as we come along others who are so burdened, may we have the compassion and the discernment to come alongside them in their place of despair, to bear their burden by reminding them of the truth. The very truth, they may have trouble grasping themselves in their despair. And that truth is this. Jesus, as our great high priest, is a better hope. For his life is indestructible. He is eternal. He is forever our high priest. And God has taken an oath on his own character. To provide him for us. Dear brother and sister, live in and under a better hope by faith. Being assured by Jesus' indestructible life and God's indestructible oath that he is indeed our priest forever. At the right hand of the Father. Never doubt, he invites us to come boldly to the throne of grace at every time and especially in our time of need. Now, the implication of Jesus' superiority as a great high priest is given in verse 22. And it's based on the fact that Jesus' superiority is based on his indestructible life and God's indestructible oath to provide a priest. And the text in verse 22 says, Because of this, makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. Might be interesting to you to know that this is the first reference to covenant in the letter to the Hebrews. But it will be front and center for the rest of the letter to the Hebrews. We will come again to the covenant. And we will come again to the covenant next week as we start chapter 8. Our Lord's status as guarantor of a better covenant means he guarantees the covenant blessings for us by binding himself to fulfill the covenant. So let's look all the way back in Genesis chapter 3. Adam failed as the mediator of the first covenant, the covenant of works. And because of that, sin came into the world. And because of that, a second covenant had to be established. And God graciously established that second covenant, the covenant of grace, with Jesus as the mediator of that covenant. And what Jesus did is what Adam failed to do. Jesus kept the covenant perfectly and not only did Jesus keep the covenant perfectly but he took the penalty for our covenant breaking in order to satisfy God's justice and holiness and he paid the penalty for covenant breaking by his atoning death which satisfied God's wrath and justice He is the guarantor by keeping the covenant. He guarantees it by his own obedience, by keeping the covenant for us, and he is the guarantor by suffering the penalty for our covenant breaking. Propitiation. He made propitiation. He paid for our covenant breaking and freed us from guilt because he satisfied God's justice and wrath. Now here's the point I want to make. We enjoy the blessings of the covenant because of one reason and one reason only, Jesus bound himself as the guarantor of the covenant of graces on the merits of his redeeming work. And here's an application for us: Jesus as the guarantor of a better covenant must be, is, has to be the ground and grounds for our assurance. Our assurance that all the covenant blessings are ours in Christ Jesus. When we lack assurance, and have you ever lacked assurance? Don't be afraid to admit it. You're not that much different than I am. And I've gone through times of struggling with, you know, Lord, I've committed this sin, what is it, uh, Nine hundred? no, 1,000 times. And you say you still forgive me. When we struggle with times of lacking assurance, think about Embrace, go to the scriptures and consider all that Jesus has done as our guarantor to guarantee our inclusion in the covenant of grace, the better covenant. Think about all that Jesus has done that we would be declared justified Justified on the merit of his death that pardons the guilt of our sin. On the merits of his perfect covenant keeping, his perfect righteousness that is imputed to us. Even as Christ has taken our sin, he gives us his righteousness whereby God declares us justified through the gift of faith. Think about this. Your, my merits and our demerits do not gain us interest in or keep us from entering in the covenant of grace. Why? Because it's solely based on the merits of Christ. He is our guarantor. He guarantees. He has bound himself that we will be included in the covenant forever. His love will never let us go. Jesus binds himself to keep that promise. Now let me ask you a question. Does that encourage you today? Jesus' priesthood is eternal and therefore superior. His life and God's oath are indestructible and eternal. For these reasons, Jesus ensures our interest, our participation in the covenant by binding himself as the guarantor. Truly, Jesus' priesthood is superior, a better hope of a better covenant. And now the second point. Jesus is superior, a better hope, and a guarantor of a better covenant because he is the unqualified High priest who is able to save sinners to the uttermost. In verses 23 and 28, the author speaks of the Levitical priesthood being temporary. It, the features of that temporary priesthood, many priests all descended from Levi who were prevented from continuing in their office because of one thing, physical death. Verse 23, thus the author argues, mortal priest were appointed in their weakness, that is, they were sinful men who would die and need to be succeeded by another priest. But Jesus holds his priesthood, verse 24, permanently. He was not subject to the legal requirement of the law. He was appointed based on an eternal oath promising that he would be a priest forever. He conquered death. He is eternal, having an indestructible life. Jesus' permanent priesthood makes him uniquely qualified as a priest who continually intercedes on behalf of God's people. The epistle of John helps us understand Jesus' work of continually making intercession for us. So take your Bibles and turn to 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. Let me read it for us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world." The term advocate here is a translation of the Greek word that you may be familiar with paraclete, that is often referring to the work of the the Holy Spirit, but when paraclete is used of Christ, it's always translated advocate, a lawyer, a mediator. John teaches that that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father in heaven, the throne of grace, chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. And there he is continually interceding, advocating for God's people, continually making intercession for us. Verse 25, he advocates by pleading before the bar of God's justice, Jesus saying, Father, my shed blood expiates, washes away, removes the guilt of their sin and my finished work on the Christ on the cross on their behalf satisfies your justice I have Haken, Jesus would say, God, your wrath due to them, I've taken that and I've satisfied it in full. Jesus would say, my perfect righteousness, my covenant keeping is theirs. You receive them by virtue of my righteousness. Why? Because... It has been imputed to them. It has been credited to them through faith, and you've declared it so. Father, I have done everything necessary as the propitiation for their sin, as the guarantor and surety of their inclusion in the covenant of grace, the better covenant. On my merit, Father, forgive them. Every time we confess sin, think of being before the bar of God's justice and Jesus pleading for our forgiveness. Our guilt and shame as application often move us to cover up our sin. We hide it from others. We often do everything we can to hide it from ourselves. When we discover the depth of our sin... It's often hard to admit it. It's really hard to own it. And it can, be, it can be very difficult to actually confess it. And the first thing I want us to see in light of what we've, we've just considered with Jesus continually making intercession for us as our advocate is that God is really serious about sin. He doesn't overlook it. He doesn't grade on a curve. The fact that our advocate had to die on a cross and his body put in the grave should clearly show that that God demands sin be dealt with. He demands that his wrath be appeased. He demands that his justice be satisfied. And Jesus has done that for us we should be encouraged with Jesus being the guarantor of a better covenant because he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near. He always is making intercession for us. He is our advocate, he is our mediator, he is our intercessor. We, we draw near to the throne of grace with our sin, with our brokenness, with our despair, but we do so boldly and with absolute confidence That we have a better hope because Jesus is the guarantor of a better covenant because Jesus is our advocate who pleads his case for our forgiveness and our inclusion in the covenant of grace. Jesus is able to save uh, to the uttermost not only because of his permanence as our great high priest but also because of his excellencies so if you look at verse 26 you'll see the author telling us or you'll read the author telling us that that Jesus is fitting as our great high priest he is uniquely qualified as our great high priest and and why he's holy he's innocent he's unstained he's separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens. I mean, should we not be amazed that we could sing Jesus a friend of sinners after we just read this? But He is. It's part of His priestly function. We may say that Jesus is transcendently sinless. Verse 27 sets up a comparison for us. The Levitical priest were sinful men. They had to make atonement for their own sin, especially the great high priest on the day of atonement, before they made atonement for the sins of the people. We read about that in Leviticus 16, but the text tells us here in Hebrews, Jesus, however, has no need to make atonement for his sin, has no need to offer sacrifices daily for his own sin. He has no need for these daily sacrifices to atone for his people's sin. And the reason the author gives is, since he did this once for all, when he offered up himself, Truly, Jesus is uniquely qualified as a high priest. He's superior. He has the ability uniquely to save to the uttermost the people of God by continually making intercession for them based on his once for all, all all-sufficient sacrifice. Verse 24. The last implication for this morning is this, the phrase, once for all, how profound. It is central to this better hope that we've been talking about from Hebrews. It is central to Jesus' ability to save to the uttermost those who draw near to him. Think about this, if we took that little phrase, once for all, out of the equation, like it never was said, where would we be? Let me tell you where we would be in my judgment. We would be burdened and enslaved under something like the Levitical priesthood, depending on sinful men that had to make atonement for their own sin before they could go in and make atonement for our sin, who would have to sacrifice animal upon animal, time after time, day after day, year after year. The flow of blood, we simply would not be able to measure it would be so much. That's where we would be. And where else we would be? We would still be in our sin. So I would submit to you that this little phrase, once for all, is central to our understanding of the superiority of Jesus, our high priest, a better hope, the guarantor of a better covenant. Praise be to God that we have an interest in the covenant of grace on the merits of Christ And his atoning work once for all. No more animal sacrifices. No more letting of blood. No more wondering if we've done enough. May we place our full confidence in Jesus who offered up himself once for all the superiority of Jesus' eternal priesthood, as the uniquely qualified high priest, the fitting high priest, the eternal high priest, assure us of his ability to save to the uttermost, once for all, those who draw near to God. That this great high priest, this guarantor of a new covenant, binds himself, that we would be included in the covenant of grace, that we would enjoy all the covenant blessings, though we surely don't deserve them. Jesus is the superior high priest, a better hope of a better covenant. May we ever trust him. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we come before you Rejoicing and thanking you for so great a salvation. We come before you acknowledging our need for Jesus to, con- to continually advocate on our behalf of the throne of grace. We come with grateful hearts that because of him, based on his merits, we have an interest in the covenant of grace. And our Father, we come before you Asking for your help. Strengthen our faith, Lord. Cause us, even in the midst of need, even when we doubt, that we would endeavor to put our full trust in Jesus. Empower us, Lord, we pray. That we would depend upon Jesus, the superior high priest, and him alone. Pray this in his name for his glory and for the good of his church. Amen. Will you take-